Welcome homeowners, home buyers, landlords, and tenants alike. People who just want to be better at living in a home. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Join Madison Radio's Adam Elliott, real estate broker and landlord Ben Anton, as they break down the modern day barriers of home ownership. You'll laugh, you'll cry. And if you're not careful, you'll learn. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fist curl? Thanks for waiting. That was the waiting song from Madison Musician Seesaw. With a brand new album out, welcome to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. On the Facebook, at In the 608. I'm Adam Elliott. And I'm Ben Anton. And we do welcome you to Real Estate in the 608. It's a podcast where we bring in a guest and talk real estate each time. We're going to discuss the real estate headlines of the day. We'll recap the highest and lowest price sales in Dane County. Enjoy the top of the hour tip and the market update from some of our friends at the Lauer Real Estate Group. And the way we do this is we surround ourselves with people who are smarter than us. One of the people we have on each month and certainly smarter than we are is Phil Plord, president of Blimling and Associates, a division of Dairy.com. He'll be in with his look beyond the 608. And throughout our podcast, you'll also hear local music from artists right here in the 608, including the aforementioned Seesaw and their new album out, which you should definitely check out. Oh, it's hot. All right. We like the Seesaw here. We are your hosts. My name is Adam. I'm a homeowner. That's kind of my expertise in this area. Also used to be on the radio in Madison. My name is Ben Anton. I'm a broker associate at the Lauer Realty Group, a landlord and a general contractor. All right. And this time around, Ben, we're going to talk new construction. Here we've been doing this for so long and we have not even one time talked about what about brand new houses? What about, do they still make them? Are they <laughs> out there anymore? I think that I think there are a lot of bits of new construction because we see a lot of construction we going s- on in the area, don't we? We do, and we talked to a couple people that were building their own projects. And mm-hmm. we, I suppose we talked about a little bit about Ra- the house that Rhonda built. Mm-hmm. We're going to speak with Corey Sines, project manager with Ideation Builders. Cool, looking forward to that. What's been going on since last time? There's no way. I have noticed that I added that general contractor to my intro. You did last time. I have been feeling the pain of a general contractor. Like I was waiting on parts and I mean, I'm working for Rhonda. I'm working for myself, but like, I'm like, I'm sorry. I can't make this deck any further along because I'm waiting for these parts. I felt like I was giving excuses (laughs) to me and Rhonda, like the same that I might get from a general contractor. So lesson some of those things are real. I yeah. I was having my own supply chain issues <laughs> and I couldn't I couldn't keep building the deck cuz I needed to put something underneath as a bracket and like it's getting heavier and heavier the more I work oh, on it. And boy. I don't want to have to lift that whole damn thing to slide that bracket in. Speaking of this, what's been going on for me since last time, I haven't done any home projects proper, but what I did do is book myself a vacation. I'm going to go to Puerto Rico in a couple months. But as you know, Puerto Rico is one of the spaces that just got hit by a hurricane as well as Florida. And when I saw, and I'm sure when you saw these things, you saw the devastation that goes on there. It just made me think from the real estate perspective, oh my gosh, what are these people going to do that were in the direct path that have just like leveled homes who have nothing left That's, it's it's shocking to think about sometimes and yeah we have to kind of get in the mindset of this is not where i go to vacation but this is where someone lives yeah. and i spoke with someone earlier this weekend who had a, a trip planned to the um 
Sanibel Island. Uh-huh. Yeah. They're, and like, that's one of the places okay. you're not going. I know. It makes me think of all the things that we talk about on the podcast here. The insurance side of it. How you build it. The time it takes to do reconstruction projects. And like just to think that some people are, are in the middle of that and all of a sudden what they had is gone completely. Whether that's a vacation, their own property, or something they rent out. I was just like, I don't know. It's a little talk mind-boggling. Talking about, talk about supply chain issues and yeah. how many... All the different ways in which something like that touches real estate or the way things are built right. or the way things are lived in or rented or how people get their get, find their income or enjoyment from those places. Yeah, it was a thought experiment for me, but that's what's been going on since last time. Ben, what's been going on from the headlines? Local property management company J. Michael Real Estate on Monroe Street fronts a sidewalk that on Thursday the 6th of October was lined with tents and sleeping bags and overnight campers. Mm -hmm. Prospective tenants camped out in the hopes of submitting applications on the company's dozens of downtown student rental properties. Reminiscent of concert tickets and movie premieres, the camper's goal was to be first in line to apply for the company's relatively or at least perceived affordable housing options. Many properties are directly on campus or on popular streets like Langdon or Monroe. So we have we have come to a point where housing is something you need to literally sleep on the street to get. Um, this, irony. this is so laden with irony. It, it, this boggles my mind even more it, so. I think. In my day, an apartment could not be shown until half of the lease term had lapsed. You, do you, okay. If, so you lived in Madison. That sounds familiar, yeah. Six months in, you would be asked for renewal. Scott Walker, right, wrong, indifferent, uh, one of the things he did was he restricted a municipality's ability to limit local rental rules, mm -hmm. and it reverted to the state law. There is no state law as to how soon you can re-rent or, or offer for rent yeah. an apartment unit. I mean, literally, these kids just moved in in and they August. Have to search for a new place. And they have to know who they're going to live with. Yeah. It's, it's Evelyn is a sophomore, and I've talked to some other parents who are just, just don't understand. And it, it is difficult to understand. It seems like a cluster is what it seems like. I mean, I know that was a legacy of the Walker administration, which I'll put in quotes because assuming that the quote the administration makes it sound like it was a functional thing and what they did is they took a lot of like municipality control out and defaulted to state laws right this seems like one of the drastic downsides of that this would be this i would say is a unintended consequence this is one that is making life a lot harder for for kids who are in the middle now of midterms i think yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit, Evelyn said she had a, an exam coming, one of her first exams coming up, and at the same time, she's she's sending me places on Dayton and Mifflin. She's getting old school, so it'll be a little change for her next year. Wow. Well, uh, I hope it's a welcome change. I can't say I like what we heard about from the headlines, but those are what's been going on from the headlines. Let's talk about the lows and the highs. I'm on a place and I lost my mind. For Jared and Chris in Portage, whose wedding I attended just this last weekend in Hayward, Wisconsin. Lovely. Uh, so first, congratulations to the lovely couple. It was a slow month in Portage Real Estate. The lowest sale, 178. The highest, 385. Only six or seven sales docketed in the month. Both, our low and our high, are from the beautiful city of Monona. Mm. Falcon Circle. 
two-bedroom, one-bath home, just 880 square feet, super tiny house with a giant attached garage, gravel driveway, looks like crap, 21 days on the market, lists at 189, sells for 118 cash. Ooh. We, we often turn to the, to the remarks. This home, this home has an active roof leak and mold, Ooh. so it's not livable without immediate repairs. We suggest wearing a mask while inside. I would say that what what if instead of accepting that $118,000 offer, what do you think would happen with a severe price reduction to like 150? Probably would have got closer to 150, I would guess. I I got to believe. Highest price on Tony Awatha Trail. So on the water, mm-hmm. four bedroom, six six bathrooms. We're back up in those huge wealthy bathroom ratios. Sells for 2.3 million. This nearly 7,000-square-foot home was built in 1992. So this is one of those houses where they scraped old little grandma ranch and built a big, giant house on the water. Mm -hmm. 88 feet of Lake Monona frontage, listed at 2.5, gets multiple offers, but 2.3 takes it. So again, time of year... Multiple offers, but the best of them was 2.3. Okay. Is this a signal that in the current market, which has been considered kind of on fire and very hot Mm -hmm. for quite some time, that things are coming in under expected bids? Is that a signal towards change, even if we're in like the fall slump? I think that we've talked a lot about what's your product, that a house that is a first-time buyer uh, wheelhouse you know, three hundred thousand dollars, not a whole lot of needs. There are still there's still tons of people that want that house. The, those are the houses right now that are continuing to sell quickly and with competition. But you get out onto the edges. Yeah. All right. So it's good to note that we do talk the fringe cases. We literally say the lowest and the highest and the middle of it is a little bit of a different story. Those are the lows and the highs. Our guest coming in is Corey Signs, a project manager with Ideation Builders. Ideation Builders thrives on building distinctive dwellings out of individual inspirations, Hmm, applying superior craftsmanship to clean and nimble designs. The result is a dwelling that is elegant and uniquely yours, All according right. to their website. So they take an idea and ideate on it. These and are fit, and cool. they're fancy. Are they? This is this is. We're talking fancy. This is not the house that Rhonda built. <laughs> this is this is more likely the four bedroom, six bathroom house. Okay, All that's right. the kind. So we're getting we're getting way outside the norm here. Instead of talking about how to squeeze a basement bathroom in, we're talking about like. Tell me what you want. Corey completed the Carpentry Apprentice Program at MATC. After graduating from Portage High School, we will have to ask him if he knows former guest Ali Berenyi oh, from yeah. the Madison College Carpentry Program. We'll take a quick break for the top of the hour tip and then be back with some dispatches from the front. Hi, this is Liz Lauer, founder of the Lauer Realty Group. I take pride in having highly educated realtors who are passionate about their clients' pursuits. That passion translates into buying the right home, condo, or investment property, or when selling those same properties for clients, creating a highly stylized marketing plan that yields the best results. The core of the success comes from continually educating ourselves, our clients, and staying focused on key topics and strategies that will help us advocate for them like no other firm. Real Estate in the 608 is a window into our world that gives our listener market updates, current lending trends, 
home maintenance tips, remodeling help, and so much more. When you need our services, give us a call. Till then, sit back and enjoy and learn. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine. For your ears, on the phone with us, Asher Messino. If you are wanting to get any work done on your house, whether it's because you want to list your home next spring or because you just want to get work done in your house, always make sure to plan ahead and expect that once you start reaching out to contractors, this work isn't even going to start for many months usually, especially if they need to order a lot of materials. As a personal example, say, I plan to have my kitchen renovated and got everything ordered. I think it was in February of this year, and we didn't begin on any of it until the end of July, because that's when most of the materials started coming in. So if you're thinking of selling your house next spring, definitely reach out to us now so we can come through, tell you our thoughts on what you should do to update your home, and then try to get that scheduled as soon as possible. Thank you, Azure. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam. His name is Ben. Ben, it's time for dispatches from the front. Some lessons learned from several homes you've recently bought over the last year. Uh, I'm going to talk about thermostats that are smarter than we are. Oh, yeah. I do love a smart thermostat. I have the yeah. I have the round one, the, the Nest. And yesterday there was a message for me and it said, hey, Ben, your furnace is shutting off inside 15 minutes after heating. I said, oh geez, I bet you the furnace filter needs to be replaced. Oh. Because if it can't draw enough air through the system, it's gonna overheat. And it shuts it's off. It's gonna shut itself down. Oh, that is a smarter thermostat. It is a smarter thermostat. <laughs> so lesson being, if Chris Mickelson, also former guest and and home inspector and occasional handyman has been sanding drywall in your kitchen. <laughs> might be more dust. Oh, I gotcha. And that furnace filter might be clogged. Yeah. So yeah. lesson being, if you're going to use the cheap ones, the really cheap ones, you're like monthly. Mm -hmm. Use the medium grade ones. You should be like probably 90 days. Um, especially if you're heating and cooling, if you're using yeah. that system all year. Um, and then uh, the really fancy zigzag, the surface, the more, the more surface area, you can usually get a little bit longer out of, but even then you're thinking about six months. Yeah. So uh, allow your furnace to run more efficiently by keeping that furnace filter clean. Makes sense. Good dispatch from the front. And I think it's time to welcome our guest in. On the phone with us, Corey Signs, project manager with Ideation Builders. Corey was born and raised in Portage, Wisconsin. After high school, Corey was with Stevens Construction. During the day, he would practice carpentry, trim, siding, concrete, demolition, and a host of other commercial skills. At night, he attended Madison College classes for what would be a four-year program. The class education program included rough carpentry, finished carpentry, concrete, drywall, basic electrical, hardware, steel framing, leadership courses, green building con green building courses, safety courses, surveying, and more. Now, what else is there? I think that's everything. After five years <laughs> as a sub after five years as a subcontractor for Ideation Builders, he worked more closely and exclusively for Ideation Builders as a project manager. Ideation Builders, a design build firm, he's been there doing that since 2017. 
Ideation specializes in custom or, as you might learn on their website, bespoke homes. <laughs> and has been featured in the Madison Area Builders Association Parade for many years. So we know all these things. But is he fun? No, oh, I think there's only one way to find out. We've got to ask some questions and play ourselves a game. A game we call The Way It Used to Be. There used to be. There used to be. There used to be. Used to be nothing but smiling faces far as the eye could see. Car in every driveway, swinging every tree. People can't stop talking about the way things used to be. The way it used to be is a get-to-know-you game, a quiz game, a Madison history, and environs trivia game. Corey, are you ready? I think so. In what year did the Portage Indians become the Portage Warriors? Well, that would have been before my time, because I've always known them as the Warriors. You got me before 1976, I'm guessing. 2003. 2003. What? I got to call you on that one. They, they changed. They did change their logo, but they were called the Warriors. Uh, we've got a flag on the field, Ben. Because the visual representation of warrior now is more of like a medieval knight. Correct, with a lance. And it used to be a, a pretty uh, questionable, definitely drawn by a white guy, the, native mask. There was a... Yeah. Okay, because I saw yeah. the... I think with his knowledge in there, that deserves a bell ring. See, yeah. Do, do I get extra points for that? No, you just get to be you, <laughs> oh. get, well, you just get to be perceived as right. You for get just full this. points. Okay. All right. Yeah. Ten years after Tinder was established, what percentage of online daters find themselves engaged or even married after meeting their partner on an online dating platform? I'm gonna have to give it a high percentage. Because that's the way it is in my life. I don't know, 75? Oh, 75. it's only 13. 13. What? 13%. Wow. This okay, is backstory. backstory. I think I, yeah, I have a special case. I think. Yes. You, <laughs> Corey is married yes. to a radio personality that, mm -hmm. that Adam overlapped with. Mm -hmm. And I called her and said, can you send me Corey's contact information? How many years have you been married now, Corey? Just over a year. Just you over a year. Oh, congratulations. Okay. We've, known, we've known each other about five years now. We've known each other. Was, it so. a, was it a Tinder meet relationship? Is that what? It was. Oh, yeah. wow. So the, I had no idea who she was before I saw her profile <laughs> on Tinder. These, these five years after meeting, he is still stored in her phone as funny, good-looking Tinder. <laughs> That's There's worse things <laughs> to be stored as, as so, your handle. <laughs> so now you're also stored in my phone as funny, good-looking Tinder. Uh, and that's, that's sweet. One bell rung. We're 50-50 so far. In 2015, and after 86 years in business, the family-owned tavern at Seminole and the Beltline closed its doors. Now currently called the Badger Tavern, what was the name of the long-time and family-owned tavern? Oh, my gosh. I moved into this neighborhood in 2017. The Wander Inn? I don't know. <laughs> Tony Franks. I, it's two guys' Tony first names. Franks. Yeah. Tony, Tony Franks. Franks. Uh, I, I would not have gotten that. So well, I have relative confidence through our dialogue that you are, in fact, fun. But 
We only rang the bell once. That's all right. So, I mean, the the sheer uh, numbers game he played with Twinder, Tinder to be successful, <laughs> that's worthy of my, in my opinion, of a double bell ring, which would mean you're fun in our book. Corey. All right. All right. <laughs> we'll, take, we'll take a quick break for the market update and then be back with more from Corey. Hi, this is Liz Lauer, founder of the Lauer Realty Group. I take pride in having highly educated realtors who are passionate about their clients' pursuits. That passion translates into buying the right home, condo, or investment property, or when selling those same properties for clients, creating a highly stylized marketing plan that yields the best results. The core of the success comes from continually educating ourselves, our clients, and staying focused on key topics and strategies that will help us advocate for them like no other firm. Real Estate in the 608 is a window into our world that gives our listener market updates, current lending trends, home maintenance tips, remodeling help, and so much more. When you need our services, give us a call. Till then, sit back and enjoy and learn. It's time for the market update. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. On the phone with us, Asher Messino. We are experiencing... A lot of mortgage rate changes. So rates are super volatile right now. They have been jumping around from like 6.4 to 7 and back down again. That is causing a lot of buyers to not be able to afford as high prices of a home as they used to be able to. So it is causing a bit of a slowdown in our market. There are some homes that are sitting on the market, but they're generally not sitting for very long. And even just this past weekend when I was out on showings, there were homes getting multiple offers still. We still have a seller's market, but it's just slower right now. Something really important to think about when, as a buyer, when you're strategizing your home purchase either this fall or next spring, is that those rates may go down next spring. So if you're purchasing this fall, let's say you purchase this fall, you get a rate of 7% and then rates go down in the spring to like four and a half. That's just an example. You can refinance immediately. And that would be a really good strategy if, if you're in that position, because actually right now is a really great time to purchase. If you wait until January, you're gonna get hit with a lot more of our regular spring competition than if you purchase in the next couple of months. All right. Thank you very much, Asher. Thanks, Ben. She ain't wrong, but she ain't bad. You're listening to Real Estate in 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. His name is Ben Anton. My name is Adam Elliott. On the line, we've got Corey Sines, a project manager with Ideation Builders. Hey, Corey, uh, thank you for joining us today. And it, well, I guess, you know, in my opinion, you you are successfully funny. So congratulations <laughs> on that, even though we didn't hear the bell all three. I, I was told, and maybe we'll do this at the end, but that, that Corey is the king of dad jokes. Oh, is so, that right? Yeah. So we may... I've got- we might end going. up. We might end with maybe we'll go. We'll close with a couple good dad jokes. Oh, if we can do it, we'll do the competition where you can't laugh at the other person's dad joke and whoever breaks first. I oh heard. Boy. I heard one at the wedding this weekend that I will put up against anything from Corey. All right, Corey, prep prep at least two to three dad jokes and we'll save them for the end of the conversation. Oh man, here. I'm under pressure here. <laughs> under pressure might be my first question is what what does a project manager do? And I wonder if if 
un, being under pressure might literally be the answer. What yeah. what does a project manager for a for a design build firm like Ideation do? Well, that's a big part of it is being under pressure. We do a lot of parade homes and, you know, we have deadlines. Um, I don't know if I know what other project managers do. I know in my case, I, I come from the carpentry end of things. So I'm uh, a lot of times I have my tools on and I'm doing a lot of like featured uh, finish work, um, you know, custom hood vents and weird art walls and whatnot, you know, whatever, uh, Working on ideation, I've got a very imaginative designer on board, and uh, it, it's kind of like taking someone's vision and making it happen in a realistic way. I would imagine because so much of the the beginning of the process is is kind of boilerplate, like the framers, right. the framers frame, yes, the drywallers drywall. But when you get to those final and finishing touches. Correct. There isn't an art wall guy. There isn't right. there isn't a off the shelf piece of trim that goes where the hood fan goes into the ceiling like oh, that. Oh no. I, I would imagine that actually a lot of that work is done like right up front because you gotta figure out like what the idea is. So you, Corey, when you're going in building, you know how to <laughs> you know what the layout well, of the that, land is gonna be, right? That would be fantastic if that were true. Uh, <laughs> or is that too that, pie in the sky? So yeah. It's kind of, uh, I've had designs that were crayon drawings. I've had designs that were just like, can you make this wall look like this piece of stained glass? Um, uh, okay. You know, it's, there's the designer that I work with is, uh, he doesn't come from the carpentry end of things. He started out in banking and then got into real estate and then, you know, into building. Um, he's got a good mind for it, uh, but it, he relies on me to make it happen. I gotcha. um, okay. You know, so, some things are kind of like we got to tear out some drywall and put blocking in there for that because it wasn't, you know, designed by a carpenter. You know? Gotcha. So you're still dealing in the constraints of like four walls and then like whatever goes on to that, that's the the extravagance of the design and how all that could flex in there. Yes. I mean, sometimes I have a pretty, they have, I mean, our des- designer has a pretty clear image of what he wants to see. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's like, we stand here and mar- put marks on a wall and like, eh, move that mark up a little bit. You know, <laughs> it's kind of design as you go. Um, you know, I, I, I say it's a collaboration, but most of the design is done by Josh Bieber at ideation. He's very imaginative guy. He does great work. I love working with him. <clears throat> um, there are times when it's just totally left up to me. And, uh, and when we, when you get to like kind of figure things out in the field, I, I really enjoy that. But it's like a puzzle. So yeah. it can be a challenge. A lot of times creativity is works around constraints, you know, like if you're into music at all, if you know, like Jack White purposely uses crappy guitars so that he can, mm-hmm. you know, it's sort of the, it's where he gets his flavor from. And it does, you know, if you start a design in your head and you start, doing it in real life it's like oh that's not gonna work well how am i gonna make it look good you know and so it's it's kind of like in the field design uh some of it's you know on a page which you can't really see in 3d you know um but i think i you know i'm with a good team that and especially if the clients are into it you know they if you tell sometimes it can be disappointing if you tell a client we can't really do that but we can do this 
Yeah, I'm ge- I'm getting some flashbacks. I've worked with some carpenters too, and I I would almost even venture to say that like that's the trick of good carpentry is is when you have ninety percent of a design and you still need to fit in the other pieces. That's what a yeah. great carpenter I think can do is actually make that work and make it feel like it's uh, and it needs to support this much weight. Oh well, yeah, and to, all the kind of, like, the to other be weatherproof and it needs to you know right. the, uh, to bringing that all together seems to be kind of like the the job of the project manager ideation builds bespoke which means like made to order mm-hmm. unique unique mm-hmm. uh custom and we also know you build parade homes are those parade homes homes that already have a buyer in mind huh? yes uh a lot of people in the parade have spec homes in the parade i don't think we've done a parade home that what didn't that wasn't a contract. Uh, thinking back, all of our all of our parade homes have been contracts. And so, for for the listener, a spec home is a home that a builder would build and put in all their fancy stuff, confident that when they are done, someone will buy it. Mm-hmm. Whereas a contract home is a home that has an owner in theory from the very beginning like it had the the person who lives there will they know who that is from the beginning of the process while eventually featured in the parade of homes these people have come to you and said i need a house that has all of these spaces and features and then it is your firm that would help them design and then build that same home that meets all of their criteria right okay yeah so we'll we'll use we'll call that design build because mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a, yeah. kind of a more popular or uh, or common use, um, and then we'll just insert some comments on. <laughs> on Sorry, I didn't even know what this spoke man until you just told me. <laughs> I, had, I saw it on the website. Oh, you ain't going nowhere. You belong right here. You like eating bratwurst. You like cheese and beer. So we've got the design build. Then we've got like a turnkey home. And a turnkey home is one where there's literally the metaphor of like turning the key. Like like by the time you buy it, it's done. Like a, and that's I think I would look to like a Viridian house would be a turnkey home. It's kind of like by the book. There's not going to be a lot of customizations to it. Right. Okay. And and they so so for a home like that, you just need a regular a regular loan, like because it's done, mm-hmm. and you close on it, and it's done. So that- would that be a builder that would have like um, a model that they use like more than once? Like a, like this one's the Justin. That is exactly you know that, yeah. that exactly. Okay. Yes. That is exactly the kind of, so because you don't have that kind of convenience. The other thing that's when someone is doing a design build and the builder, especially if it's super custom, there's no expectation that the builder is going to front all this. Like they're going to, front all the money right and we're not going to talk a lot about new construction loans but we should just talk about that they are different yeah in the case of an appraisal on a on a to be designed or to be built home the appraised value will come from an opinion based on the drawings so there's a lot more Mm -hmm. dollars per square foot uh calculation and there's a lot more this is what it costs to build or these are it's going to have in quote finger quotes high-end finishes mm-hmm. and then the bank mm-hmm. will loan you that money and then they kind of meter out the money 
as the build happens to make sure that all of the people can be paid as the building progresses. It's good to know the process. I got to imagine the people, and may, I don't know if you want to qualify this or not, Corey, but the people who are building these houses probably don't have too many problems on the banking side or the, the getting the money to build the place if you're building a more extravagant right. kind of place. But at the same yeah. time, it would yeah. be unrealistic to have ideation floats you eight hundred the eight hundred thousand oh, yeah, dollars yeah. for That's, the for yeah, the right. for the yeah. nine months that it takes to build. <clears throat> Do you feel like your parade homes age well? Uh, I think some aspects of them do. Like the first thing that popped into my head when you were talking about this was sliding barn doors. Because that it, it's mm-hmm. you never know what's gonna become a fad and wear itself out. Um you know, as far as like aesthetics go, mm-hmm. but I think it's, I think we're in a unique situation with our parade homes being contracts that they're customized to the clients that bought them. Like I wouldn't do a parade home on speculation and put a Lego room in it, but our spring parade had a Lego room in it for the, uh, you know, particular client that we had. Um, I, I guess yeah, I, and I, I, looking looking back, I see a lot of colonial trim that doesn't hold up too well anymore. And okay. you know, yeah. it's I, I think it's the general design, like the layout of the house, is kind of standard in building, and just having a good layout of the house and like a you know, just a a house you can walk through and be comfortable, and not have to climb, you know, go down to the basement and do your laundry, or you know, just a just the, the functionality of the house itself, I think, is important. That's important in every house. Yeah. So um, more, and I do, I do think the parade it does is to kind of feature what's, you know, what's our, current. Right? Our, our, yeah. Our, yeah. Our, our subs advertise like, did you know you can get a, a faucet like this? You know, we got this new kind of lighting, and I think that's kind of the point of parade homes. You know, anything that you know, plumbing doesn't change, you know, too much throughout the years. You know, lighting lately has changed a lot. Um, building styles, I guess, you know, some things, they just go in and out of fashion. And it's kind of hard to predict, predict. So I think just as long as the, you got good bones on a house and it's, uh, you know, well built and laid out nicely. It's kind of like the, even though they're brand new houses, mm-hmm. you're using the word bones. Like usually people th- use the, the bones thing with old houses. Like it's okay. Cause it's got good bones. But, right. But at the same time that tech and those choices and the barn doors and the LED lights and the cat five, all doesn't mm-hmm. matter if the house has good bones and we can use bones also as it relates to like layout and livability, which is certainly right. something that mm-hmm. new construction is going to likely have a lead on remodel or old homes as we as as we see them now i mean if you have a, a house with a, a bearing wall right running right down the center of it that's kind of an <laughs> obstruction if you ever want to you know change things up later you can't just knock it out toodle-lamp, 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 toodle-lamp.
You're listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam Elliott. Uh, ben Anton's right across the table from me. And uh, on the line, we've got Corey Sines, a project manager with Ideation Builders. Uh, Corey, you mentioned a Lego room just moments ago. Please explain what a Lego room is. I, I think I have an idea in my head, but I don't know if it's reality or not. <laughs> well... It's basically just a room to put your Legos in. It's a room it's for a, Legos, it's all right. Cut. So this, uh, it's a rectangular room, and, and uh, two walls are full of cabinets with drawers on the bottom and shelving above. And uh, we had to space the shelving far enough to where he could put his finished models on the top shelves. Uh, this is a, a, an adult This is an adult Lego. Lego I, could, I know, I know yeah, something so, like this. All right. So it's like, you know, you think like, a tree fort Lego. No, he's got the Guggenheim Museum in there. He's got the Taj Mahal. You know, like builds like that. You know, this a guy enjoys. You know, he, he enjoys architecture. We and, pref- uh, we prefer the term Lego aficionado. Aficionado. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yes. And that I think and, maybe that's a good summary of like the custom design work that you can, can kind of do for folks if they do have a Lego room or a comic book room or whatever sure. that specialty yeah. room is there can be ways to design uh, yeah. around that i mean we built a house for people uh, uh, one client of ours plays drums and we uh we had a very uh soundproofed room for his basement oh. and he can he can play drums in his basement while his children are sleeping on the second floor Oh, I'm so, sure many uh, parents with kids in drum training will and what, want to know about that right. exact design. <laughs> and when those kids are a little bit older, they can go in the basement room, right? Yep. and let the let the dad sleep. Well, that's curious. Well, I, what do you think is some of the more unique designs you've done? We've done a lot of unique stuff. Some of it we will never do again. When yeah. I, when I started with Josh, you know, I was basically a journeyman carpenter, and he was a. Uh, uh, a budding house designer you know so when we were young we had some stuff we we we've done hidden rooms we've done you know like a lot in this on our spring parade i had a, a slat wall in there they had a speakeasy lounge up in oh their cool second yeah. story and there was a wall if you pushed on it that was the bathroom for the room it was a slat wall so you know the slats kind of came with the door and popped up in the corner and uh, it's a lot of people missed it in the parade. As you move into the suburbs, as you move into these new neighborhoods where the lots are popping up and the houses are all brand new, um, deed restrictions and restrictive covenants. We talked about them as as the as in the suburbs of the twenties, thirties, and fifties, as to like who can live in your house and what can be done. But new construction these days may also dictate whether you can have a fence, what your mailbox has to look like. Mm-hmm. You know, those are all things that in different neighborhoods you're going to be limited or at least guided in your choices. Um, the neighborhoods, I would maybe a Parade of Homes neighborhood would be a good example. But are you familiar with uh, what are some example deed restrictions or restrictive covenants that you might see in houses that you're building now? Oh boy! Well, when we when we build in a in a new neighborhood, or, or if there's a neighborhood association, then the the uh, drawings need to be approved by the neighborhood association. That includes like elevations. Um, uh, I guess I've noticed on Blackhawk they've got uh, anywhere new that they're building, they've got these banked mailboxes where we don't have to install a mailbox anymore. No, oh, sure. So, like they're at the no. they're at the gate. 
if you will, not necessarily a true gate, but that it's like a com- right. communal mailbox. Like yeah. you, know, you would yeah. drive past it on your way to sure. your house or you'd walk your dog out there so that the yeah. street itself is not cluttered with, with individual or unsightly mailboxes. Mm-hmm. And I think it's more efficient for the post office too, to stop at a bank sure. of boxes. And um, another thing, and another, this is also Blackhawk where the, you know, a couple of new builds we had out there, they've got water retention areas because um, they, their water doesn't, so that the water doesn't go into the city sewer, like any runoff from the property will go into a, a retention area and then soak into the ground, which, you know, is more environmentally friendly. The ground filters the water and you don't have, you know, your street garbage or whatever going into the lakes. So a lot more thought goes right. into the design of these new neighborhoods and you're going to have to, and some of those thoughts are going to be, uh, one that sometimes surprises me is that a minimum percentage of X of the front of the home needs be masonry. Yeah, if somebody spends a lot of money on a house in a neighborhood, they don't want the house next to theirs being covered in vinyl and bringing down the value of their house. So it's kind of to keep so that the properties retain their value. Um, it- we did run into a problem where uh, when we did our build, I don't remember what happened, but I think the grade was higher and we originally thought it was or we had a we had a room built over a garage and the garage was on the front of the house and we had stone up past up to the top of the garage door and for some reason the room above the garage got raised i think it was for headspace and so there was a bigger much bigger wall section in this on the front of this house that was just straight you know hardy board siding mm-hmm and before, uh, I think during the, right around the time the drywall was going in, uh, the neighborhood association, association called us up and put a stop to the, put a stop to construction. Like this is not the drawing you sent us that's much higher than, you know, what it showed up. And, you know, you gotta, you gotta build all those drawings. Those are kind of like a contract with the neighborhood association too. Yeah. So we had to meet with an architect and come up with, um, a cosmetic fix for that all right karen um yeah (laughs) Yeah, i didn't want to say it you're listening to real estate the 608 madison's real estate magazine for your ears my name's adam his name is ben on the line we've got Corey signs a project manager with ideation builders um cory one question that's been popping around my my head is that the ideations that you do i'm guessing that's like new things or you're taking something and, and improving upon it what i mean i'm gonna ask you to do a prediction like where do you think it's going where do you think some of these new features or what are the new features that people are asking for um in design i think we t- we talked about like open living spaces and you know plumbing and sometimes lighting is maybe the new first things floor too. laundry first floor laundry what what are you seeing is like either those the requests that are happening now or what's coming down the pipeline I think higher performing homes, I mean, homes are just going to perform better and better. I mean, the, you know, as far as anything else, I think that's just, it's like guessing who the next pop artist is going to be, you know, as far <laughs> as fads go, as finishes, you know, people got tired of barn doors pretty quick. Yeah. Um, yep, right. They don't seem to be tired of painted trim yet. I didn't think that would last long. So I think I'm a, right. I'm a hard guy to, <laughs> to guess where things are going are granite you know? kitchens is that I think, still i don't granite is granite oh, is granite's out. used a lot 
Quartz is used a lot. Yeah. Um, I did ours on, I did concrete on ours at home. Um, but I mean, I think just, you know, I don't think it'll ever go back to laminate. Well, but. unless you're on, unless you're at my house, because I, because Claire helped me pick out this really cool kind of retro boomerang laminate. And okay. I've got a couple large samples well, coming in, so we can get down to a proper color. But, but wait, thought, that's not a that's not a new home, is it? Is this the one I walked through the other day with you? No, this is my okay. this is my house. Your house. Okay. And it is not new, and I thought okay. that I thought that a sharp but retro laminate countertop would be the perfect, oh, yeah. the perfect marriage between my oh, man. classic original cabinets and my brand new lowers. You know, I got to take that back. It could go that way. There are some cool laminate designs, and like yeah. I remember. My my neighbor actually bought a retro stove and fridge and like her kitchen looks pretty cool. Like like she's got you know she's got some kind of uh this oven has like a deep fryer built into it, just some bad stuff from the fifties. You know, and it's just as far as a gas stove is just you know, just as efficient as a new one. You the, know. Yeah. Well, but I, I it's can imagine like a cool like Art Deco laminate with a metal edging on it. You know, Ooh, it, that, that's edging. just that would you know, be very very. You could period. Put, you could put one of those out there and see how long people like it, and then you would know if that's the next. <laughs> well, my my yeah. my kitchen will be a good test subject. You talked about the high performance um, components of of homes, and I, I gotta mm-hmm. imagine that's like energy efficiency and maybe even solar panels, right? And that's something that you're doing for your place too, right? Yeah, and uh, I I'd listened to you over the last couple of weeks, knowing I was going to be interviewed. I thought I should listen to your podcast. <laughs> um, I listened to the, your podcast with Madison, yeah, and I wish I'd very good. done that. I wish I'd done that before I got solar panels. Um, I was kind of like sold by a salesman for my house and, uh, I probably still would have bought them. I was already sold. I was going to get them, mm-hmm. you know, but I was, I was kind of asking questions like, will they work through the snow? And I, he's like, yeah, UV goes right through the snow. And, you know, is that true? Um, is you, it true? No, <laughs> it's not. <no>. True. <laughs> it's not. I have an app that shows me like how much, um, how oh. much my panels are harvesting. And uh, they drop down to zero when there's snow on them. Oh, no. Um, they are. They, I mean, on a warm day, they are black and snow melts off them quick. But yeah. I did get a, a soft roof rake to pull pull the snow off them with. Um, I, I, I think they were worth getting. And they kind of they bring up the value of your home and don't bring up your, your taxes at all. I'm after what i harvest from them and send back to mg and e i i probably pay 20 bucks a month for them oh i like that that's a good that's a good so what about a gem or two as it relates to renovating an old house or or living through a project well i feel like remodeling and new construction are a completely different ball game somebody who's used to new construction that starts tearing into an old house is going to be pretty distraught. <laughs> like, didn't they have building codes back in 1929? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. My house is from 1929 and uh, I had heard it was the first house on, on, yeah, I opened, I took paneling off walls and found nothing behind them, but the clapboards on the outside of the house. Oh boy. Yeah. So I, uh, my basement walls are now at about an R29 and that's what my 
built walls will be when I'm done. So I'm kind of going the extra mile with insulation and you know lose a little bit of space from it. But yeah, you know. you've got a whole. You mentioned an air exchanger earlier as a requirement in homes that are built to a certain sealed up uh, standard. Yeah. But but last time I was in your dining room, there was a whole different kind of air exchange going on. <laughs> yeah, you can hear birds outside. <laughs> Let's take a quick break for Phil's phone in, and then we'll be back with one more thing from Corey. Coney Island washboard she would play. She played it on the boardwalk every day. Time for Phil's phone in. Phil Plort is my business partner in Deacon Housing, president of Madison's Blimling & Associates, a dairy commodities consulting firm, a division of Dairy.com, and host of the brand new podcast, The Dairy Download. Keeping an eye on the faraway and diverse markets is what he does. Seeing how it might affect real estate here in Madison is what he does for fun. Here he is with a look beyond the 608. Hey, Ben, it's Phil with a view from beyond the 608. Sometimes good news is really bad news, or at least that's the impression you get watching the stock market trade. We saw a great example of this on October 7, when the U.S. Department of Labor issued its Employment Situation Report for September. On the face of things, the numbers look good. Payrolls expanded by a bigger-than-anticipated total. The unemployment rate dropped. Wages increased by 0.3% month-to-month. What's not to like? Wall Street greeted the news by trashing stocks. The S&P 500 declined 2.8% on the day. Why was the good news treated like bad news? Simply put, traders saw nothing in the numbers to suggest that the Federal Reserve will stop raising interest rates. Sagging wages, for example, might have signaled cooling inflation, giving Fed Chair Jerome Powell a reason to pause. But nope. Last week's overall inflation report didn't put up the yellow flag either. So away we go. The consensus calls for the Fed to raise rates another 75 basis points in November. That's not good news for mortgage rates that are already flirting with 7%. So yeah, we're sort of in a place to root for bad news that markets interpret as good news. Go figure. That's all for now. Until the next time, this is Phil with a view from beyond the 608. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam. Ben is uh, in the room here with me. And on the phone, we've had Corey Signs, Project Manager with Ideation Builders. Um, Corey, we're going to ask you one more thing, but I will say thank mm-hmm. you for being here. It's been uh, very yeah, informative. We appreciate your time. What kind of information about the process, just about the about the choosing a builder, deciding if a new home build is right for you, or the different features or hurdles that you might encounter in new construction. What have you, what have you seen as like the biggest misconception as it relates to people who, who come to a builder and ask for this? I, I guess some people are just really knowledgeable about the building process and they know what their build is going to entail. I think just some people don't know you know, where the line is drawn, where it becomes maintenance on your home and where the warranty ends. And so I, I think communication with your contractor is really important. If you if you pick a contractor that you get along with and, you know, you and you think you're going to enjoy the build with, because it, it can become pretty stressful for the homeowners. You know, you're not only moving, you're building a new house, you've got all this money sunk into this project. I think you just need to get really comfortable with your contractor first. That you know, that's so it, mm-hmm. that's We've interesting, that. and that's nice. that yeah. comes exactly from my from my new buyer presentation. And I say, 
No. We need to get along because there's going to be parts of this that aren't fun. Yeah. That right. Are, that are challenging, <laughs> frustrating. No fault of yours. No fault of mine. Nature of the yeah. beast. So we should yep. we should know that we're going to get along, so that when we encounter those likely things, that we'll be able to solve the problems together and move forward. So that's almost so. So great. Yeah. So good advice. Yeah. Maybe maybe for everything. Not just <laughs> not just choosing a. Well, maybe choosing any kind of contractual relationship. There's going to be problems. Yeah. <laughs> There's going to yeah. be supply chain issues. That maybe maybe we should go even back this up further and like start giving some like relationship advice. Yeah. <laughs> like we could do like marriage counseling. We could do marriage counseling. We could <laughs> we could say one needs to be or needs to have toxic positivity. <laughs> We, we and the important thing is we could do that, but we probably won't in this one, podcast. One could simply say <laughs> it's all going to work out. What we could do before our time runs out is: Do you feel like you two have some dad jokes to do a dad joke? Oh, off? here we go. Okay, we'll we'll set the rules of the road here. So Ben, you tell a dad joke. Corey, if you laugh, you're not going to get a point. But if you don't laugh, you do okay. get a point. Okay. And vice versa will be true. So All you right. got to like tell it and let let it stand. A polar bear walks into a bar. The bartender says, what can I get you? Polar bear says, I'll have a beer. The bartender kind of looks at him curiously and says, why the big paws? Help me from falling through the ice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think okay, we got I a grew, laugh out of Corey. I groaned a little bit there. <laughs> a, gr- a groan, a laugh. Yes. All right, all right, Corey, you're on deck here. You're you're ready to go. I think um, right. I think you did laugh at that though. So I don't think you get <laughs> that, the point, that even was if a, it was a that groan. Was a, what What do you call What do you call a pig with three eyes? Hmm, I don't know. What do you call a pig with three eyes? A pig. <laughs> Oh, so Ben gave it up right away there. <laughs> well done. Oh, Nobody's going nice. to score any he's a points. Nice guy. I think with that, we'll just call it a tie. Thank, uh, <laughs> thank you very much for your time with us today, Corey. We learned a lot about new construction. And uh, and if anybody wants to see where Corey uh, gained a lot of that uh, new construction experience, you can uh, head online and check out Ideation Builders and... Uh, and uh, and and have a look to see some of their beautiful and and talk about modern some of the things that yeah. that were likely projects of his. So thank you again, Corey, and you have a great night. You bet. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Corey. Just a- you're listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. Ben Anton is your co-host, as am I, Adam Elliott. Uh, we've been speaking to Corey Signs, project manager with Ideation Builders, but Ben. What was that? We had yet, after several years, to talk about new construction. Yeah. I think we were able to get a little bit of a look from the inside of the business, Mm -hmm. looking out. But then, obviously, I can't stop talking ever. Uh, So there was a lot of... of, like buyer perspective concerns or things mm-hmm. that would affect someone not in dealing with their builder, but in how things are, how money is borrowed to build mm-hmm. the different types of new construction. One might be uh, shopping uh, from or the, the choosing from as well as the, some of what I see as the downsides of, of new construction in that those are often in neighborhoods with, 
with rules mm-hmm. uh, right. where you might not necessarily um, think about all the different things that come along with buying or uh, either buying that new spec home mm-hmm. or building a home in a, in a neighborhood that has a certain amount of oversight. Yeah, but on the upside with Corey, you can build your own Lego room or whatever it is that you collect to <laughs> be a, centered in I your kinda room. I kind of want one of those like doors that you don't know is there and then you push like oh yeah, that was cool. like in the Oval Office. Oh, right? Don't cool. they have those there? Sneaky passages like in Clue from the conservatory to the kitchen. What about like a two unit where you could have like a sneaky passage between like that everyone knew about but like that you could like just quick jump next door and like mm. go visit your neighbor cool stuff uh yeah so that was our interview with Corey. um people can learn about more about real estate in the 608 with the newsletter yeah for for a long time like 200 like 10 years more got a long time i've sent out this monthly newsletter it's mm-hmm. called the 22nd 22nd read arrives on the 22nd easy to digest segments taking no longer than 20 seconds to read there's some podcast highlights but also just some additional market insight the newsletter, though, I should mention, uh, it got a shout out in a conversation that I had with Wade Anderson, who said, hey, are you contacting me about Ben's newsletter? <laughs> I was like, no, wait, I'm just trying to say hello. How you been? <laughs> does he ever does he ever listen? Uh, think I think so? he must at some point because he knows of the podcast. Wade is a is a gentleman that we used to both work with at the radio station, who is a fantastic salesman who's still doing that work. This is Wade. <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy. You call him up. Anybody who's got Wade's number, you call him up. This is Wade. <laughs> and you say, you say Ben Anton sends his love. Oh, that's your good that's a good comedic impersonation. <laughs> you got that down. Uh we gotta send some thanks out. Uh first and foremost to Corey Signs with Ideation Builders. Great to have him here. Thanks going out to the musicians that you've heard throughout in the six oh eight today. Renclaw, El Donk, Oak Street Ramblers, Bob Westfall, the On Tour and new album released, Seesaw, and the Mad City Drug Bands. I love it. I love it all. All right. Uh, thank you to you for joining us for, for Real Estate in the 608, our podcast. We do appreciate you. Even if you didn't stick around to the end to hear these thanks, we still appreciate you being here. You'd know it, though, had you stayed. You would know that. And uh, thanks to you, too, Ben. Thank you, Adam. All right. Thank you for listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Real Estate in the 608 is a podcast for homeowners, home buyers, landlords, tenants, people who just want to be better at living in a home. If you can't get enough Real Estate in the 608 between episodes, like us on Facebook at In the 608 or visit inthe608.com for archived episodes and show notes. Remember, until you tell us, we don't know. We appreciate your listening, as well as your ratings and reviews at your favorite podcast portal. We also welcome feedback and topic suggestions via email to ben at benanton.com. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fist curled up in a schoolyard fight? I'll be a backup when you're calling my name. Come on, baby, won't you keep me safer than that high score on that pinball game? You're always playing at your favorite arcade. And we could be taking the And we could be wrecking. 
Come on, baby, won't you buy me flowers with that money spent on whiskey sours that you're buying at those wasted hours? And come on, baby, won't you talk me sweet? Instead, I'm staring at this empty seat because you got someone else you'd rather be. And we could be. So I'm singing you this waiting song. 